Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Before we get into the daily financial news, I want to tease something at the end. Uh, I got a special package in here. Uh, we will open it at the end. Stay tuned to the end and we will see uh, see what I got. So first, uh, Sunday, October 23rd, we have to talk about the Fed pivot. I have seen so many articles, so many notes from folks talking about Mary Daly. People are pointing at Mary Daly and saying, finally, the Fed is going to pivot. The pain is going to end. We are off to the races. Folks, I understand why you feel that way. But I want to have an adult conversation with you. Okay, this, this adult conversation may hurt a little bit. First and foremost, let's just assume that Mary Daly, the most dovish member of the Fed, speaks for all members of the Fed. Let's just assume that. Let's assume what Mary Daly said happens. All of you, or at least every article I read, so I don't know if it's all of you, but at least every article I read was praising Mary Daly for finally understanding that the Fed has to slow down. Remember, a Fed pivot could mean rate cut, not likely, rate pause, not yet, rate slow down. That is what people are saying Mary Daly believes. We are finally going to slow down. Okay. Congratulations. You want to celebrate the Fed slowing down? Go ahead. I want to tell you right now, the Fed slowing down is the worst idea since holding rates at the floor when inflation was 5%. I think the Fed slowing down today is perhaps one of the stupidest, most painful, most idiotic idea I have heard in a long time, and this is why. Mary Daly is not saying we are going to have a lower terminal rate. Think peak. She's not saying that. She says we are going to get to that rate slower. What have I been telling you on this channel since the very first time the Fed raised rates? All the way back in February or January or whenever that was. I wanted the Fed to go 50. We only got 25. I wanted the Fed to go 100. We only got 75. I want the pain to end. I don't want the pain to be slower. Mary Daly said, hey, 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 we are ripping that Band-Aid off too fast. Let's go slower. Let's make them feel the pain. Again, Mary is not saying we are going less high. She is just saying we are going to get there slower. I don't know about you, but I have had enough of the pain. 
if I had my druthers, my magic wand, if I was Jerome Powell for a day, I would raise rates 200 basis points right now. I would get us to the terminal rate of 5%, and then I would sit on my gosh darn hands for a year or a year and a half. I want to go up the elevator. Mary Daly wants to take you around and around and around. So we are going to end up at 5%. My way, we get there today. Mary Daly, oh, I don't know, six, eight, nine months. Mary puts it out there. Hey, we're going to get 75 November 2nd. I think everybody agrees. And then Mary's like, no, let's let's go slower. Let's go slower. She's not saying pause. She's saying go slower. Folks, I don't want the Fed to go slower. I want this to be over. This is painful. And I know it's painful for all of you. So unfortunately, I believe the media, the Kathy Woods, the folks that need rates to slow down are going to celebrate Mary Daly. It is wrong. We don't want slow. We want done. There's a big difference between slowly raising rates and being done raising rates. So I am not a fan. I'm not a fan of slow. Come on. Get it over with already. Bang us today, Jerome. Step up. Be be Paul Volcker, the man you want to be. You know what? If you want to wait till November 2nd, fine. Do it then. So again, be careful what you wish for. A lot of you are wishing for the Fed pivot. Many of you think you just got the Fed pivot. Be careful. Be careful what you wish for. All right. Next. Uh, found an article talking, I think there was actually seven economists talking about the housing market and the epic housing crash coming. Remember, we talked about uh, there's an economist, Ian something, Ian Shepherd Shepherdson, talking about a 20% housing crash in 2023. We talked about that yesterday. We will talk about it again. But there is one, two, three, four, five, six, actually seven people talking about 2023 housing market, we will go through the list. First, Chen Zhao says the housing market is going to get worse before it gets better. Chen believes that rates will stay high or elevated until the middle of 2023. Again, when, when I hear things like this from economists, I have to agree and maybe disagree because what did Chen say? The housing market is going to get worse before it gets better. Well, what are you saying? What are you really saying? What do you really believe? That's a BS statement if I've ever heard one. What I would say is housing transactions are going to get worse before they get better. I agree. Or if you want, say the housing prices are going to get worse before they get better. Maybe. But again, don't just stay there and say housing is going to get worse before it gets better. That's That might look good in a quote, but it doesn't tell you or I anything. Next, Jeremy Siegel. Jeremy Siegel is out uh, really wound up. I've never seen him so excited. He is He's excited. He is saying, I expect a 10 to 15% drop in housing values 
2023. I guess we shall see, Jeremy. But remember, Jeremy is very much against the Fed. Not against the Fed. He is saying the Fed is wrong and breaking things. So again, he is trying to create fear. Mark Zandi. Boy, Mark Zandi. Mark Zandi is saying we could have a 10 to 20% cost price reduction in 2023. David Rosenberg saying we are clearly in a massive housing bubble. All right, David, what, what does that mean? What, what does that mean? Some of these quotes are like, give me, don't, stop giving me the clickbait. Tell me what you really believe. Paul Krugman. Paul Krugman is a Nobel Prize winning economist. I'll say that again. Paul Krugman is a Nobel Prize winning economist. He is saying, folks, any price decline in housing will be slow and delayed. You know what, Paul? You're absolutely right. That Nobel Prize, folks, housing prices are sticky. They don't react as fast as the stock market or TVs at Target or whatever. I'm sorry. I know you all want it yesterday. But as Paul Krugman says, Nobel winning uh, economist, any price decline in housing is slow and delayed. I agree. Now we have Ian Shepherdson. Ian Shepherdson is the economist that came out and gave a headline grabbing call of 20% housing crash next year, to which I have said, Ian, congratulations for getting one of the most clickbaity titles I've ever seen. Paul or Ian, you are an economist. You know about demand curves. Your entire assumption about home prices is flawed. Flawed because you are assuming we will do 6.6 million transactions just like 2019 and 2020. If, Ian, you told me we would do 6.6 million transactions in 2023, I would agree with you. Prices must fall. I might even agree that we get 10 or 20% price crash. But alas, the housing market is not Target in Walmart with TVs on shelves. The housing market is very different than a box with stuff. We will simply not do 6.6 million transactions. We will very likely do half that or almost half that. Your entire argument crumbles to pieces because you don't understand the demand curve is going to come down. You know it too. Ian, you are a smart guy. You know the fact that the demand and transactions are coming down. You created that article just to get headlines. Shame on you. And then Don Peoples, he is out saying we are in a housing recession, to which I say the housing recession was last month. We are heading into a housing depression. We are going to see builders slash construction. We are going to see transactions below 4 million, right? I think last month we got 4.7, 4.8 million, something like that. By December, we will be under 4 million. 
annual transaction. It is a housing depression, Don, not a housing recession. Why is housing price not collapsing? I got this question yesterday. Let's, let's just think how resilient home prices have been. First, remember all those people telling you that every 1% increase in interest rates lead to a 10% decline? Well, folks, we are up 400 basis points, and we are not down 40%. Second, home sales transactions are already down 24% and going lower. Listings are now down 22%. Home building is down to 2012 levels. Mortgage rates are at a 20-year high. And we have the lowest mortgage demand since 1997. We now have growing fear of a recession. Is it here? Is it tomorrow? Where is it? So housing is taking a beating. And yet the national median home price is down 4%. 5.5%, roughly 5.5%. We will see how it ends the year. Because again, this year, or where we are in the year, housing prices come down. You can go look at the charts yourself. They come down August, September, October. They are down more, no question, this year. But historically, they are always down this time of year. But yes, housing prices are down more than normal. But think about all the things that are stacked up against housing. And if you, most channels, if you said all these things, they would be screaming, price crash, price crash, 30%, calling it now, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't work that way in housing. I am a sorry. Gary Cohen. Gary Cohen is out saying to beat inflation, we must see job destruction. I think he's right. I think Jerome Powell, in his eight-minute speech in Jackson Hole, basically said that without saying it. Pain is coming. It is going to be felt in the job market. Remember, every Thursday, we get the weekly unemployment claims. Last week, unemployment claims went down. I believe the job market, given seasonality, probably stays strong through Q4. I will be very interested to see what happens in Q1. Second. I have said on this channel that I believe this will be a white-collar-led recession as opposed to a blue-collar. What that means, maybe in more simple English, is I expect a lot of layoffs in tech and banking. Two very high-paying areas. I expect pain in tech and banking probably starting in Q1, Q2 of next year. Barry Sternlich, man, Barry is mad. Barry's a billionaire. Barry is a billionaire. Barry is the billionaire and uh, head of Starwood Capital. Did you know that Barry owns 250,000 residential units? Barry is a big deal. But I have to wonder if Barry isn't getting crushed 
by all of these interest rate increases. Maybe Barry didn't do any rate locks. Maybe Barry didn't buy any rate caps. Maybe Barry did not take advantage of low rates because Barry's upset. Barry is saying, Jerome Powell is destroying capitalism. The economy is breaking hard. The Fed is using old data. If the rich lose 30%, but, some, but the poor lose their job, I don't know. Barry might be talking his book. It really, it just, man, some of the pictures they've taken of Barry and they've used on the articles, he really doesn't look happy. I just wonder what the debt structure is on some of his projects. Because I'm guessing there's some interest rate, you know, uh, pain and some equity that must be raised, right? Because again, as you've heard from Jonathan Twomley and Anna Kelly, when you have the wrong debt structure and you are forced uh, about debt covenants and equity positions and all of that, sometimes you got to write a check to stay in your position. You have to add equity. I don't know. Then there is an economist, Steve Hankey. He is basically saying the Fed is incompetent. The Fed has certainly been wrong. They've been wrong a lot. Are they in? Uh, that's who knows? I don't know. I thought that was an interesting, interesting quote. One of the things to look at in Q4 earnings, I think we get Ford next week. It might be GM, but I think it's Ford. What is going on in the auto industry? There are two markets that are very interest rate sensitive. You and I have been talking about the housing market for several months. Housing transactions crashing. What about the auto industry? We might hear next week. Autos have been seeing record profits. And it's not so much about Q3. It's about Q4 guidance. It's about 2023 guidance. Will any of these car manufacturers talk about next year. All right, folks, that's what I got for you today. The last thing, 9 a.m., 9 a.m. today, you are going to get access to a deep dive about mortgages. Matt, the mortgage guy and about 101 rental at a time students asked questions about mortgages for almost 90 minutes. And all I have to say is be careful. The mortgage industry today is struggling. There are lots of skinny sharks in the mortgage industry. What is a skinny shark? A skinny shark is a hungry shark. Don't let these sharks eat you. Take a bite out of your leg. A lot of mortgages, uh, as you will see in the deep dive, you can get fooled. You can get, you can get into a bad loan that costs too much and is terrible for you. We talked for 90 minutes how to identify a bad mortgage broker, someone who is a skinny shark. Don't let skinny sharks eat you. That will be coming out at 9 a.m. It's one of the best deep dives we have ever done. I am so glad that we can give it to you. If you want to be a part of these deep dives in the future and ask questions, you do have to buy the course. But if you just want to watch, you get you get access one day later. So hopefully you enjoy that. Matt, the mortgage guy, thank you very much. It was a great video. Thank you for coming prepared. Thank you for coming with real life examples. 
and to all the students that ask questions, you made that video. That video is only of quality because you were there asking questions. All right, so what did I get in this crazy package? I actually haven't looked yet. I just opened it so we could do it live. Oh, I remember what I ordered. I ordered a couple of these shirts. And yes, I understand the silliness. It says, don't buy dumb S-H-I-T. And we have two flavors. One for the ladies, shoes, handbags, jewelry. And we have one for the gentlemen. And yes, I understand the irony of a dumb shirt saying don't buy dumb stuff. I just think it's funny. And for the guys, sunglasses, cars, I don't know, whatever that is, gambling, I don't know, whatever, gold chains, don't buy dumb stuff. Wear the shirt proudly around your friends who are buying dumb stuff. Uh, Again, we got a couple of these, so I thought they were pretty awesome. Folks, take care of yourself. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.